We're getting the band back together for today's episode. Hey, it's a vibe, y'all. It's a vibe. Talking to me real loud. It's a really nice song. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hello, and welcome to the Grace of Giving podcast. We're your host, James Riley. And Grace Well, folks, we have a great show lined up this morning. We're joining you from the wonderful St. Joe Coffee Company in the newly renovated St. Joseph County Public Library in downtown South Bend. Yes, we are taking our local coffee shop tour to the next level here, um, and we're so excited for today's show. It was music to our ears when our next guest agreed to join us. <laughs> I see what you did there, G. Well done. Well, without further ado, please help us welcome to the show Annual Giving Program Assistant Director Deja Moore. Deja, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and hang out with you guys. Thank Aww, you. We're happy to, <laughs> happy to have you on the show. So let's begin at the beginning, Deja. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up. Um, yeah, so I grew up right here in South Bend, Indiana. I was born nice. in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, but moved here when I was just an infant. So literally spent all of my life here. Um, I went, I'm a product of a South Bend public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to Veritas Academy and then I went to Madison Elementary School, then to LaSalle Academy for middle school, John Adams High School, um, which is the best high school in South Bend. <laughs> and then um, I ran track there. So I was blessed to get a track scholarship to go to Indiana State University in Terre Haute, Indiana. And then I came back home after four years and graduating with my BS in health administration. And I started working in nonprofit um, organizations here in the city. And now I'm here four years later. So, yeah. Nice. As a Riley Wildcat, I beg to differ on the best high school. In the town. I was going to say, you were in track too in high school, though, right? I was, yeah. So, Deja and I definitely share that. Self Bend track stars. That's right. Track stars, exactly. Yes. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. For sure. Well, so growing up and. and Specifically, when you were in college and you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do, what professions or jobs were you interested in pursuing? Oh, man, yeah. So I love having getting a question like that because um, it's actually really interesting. I had, a, I had a mother that was very, very persistent. So um, I can remember all the way back, um, looking back to my sophomore year in high school, where my mother uh, was a huge planner, like, and I get, I get that planning aspect from my mother as well, in which um, she sat me down this summer going into my sophomore year, and she was like, okay, you know, you got one year of high school under your belt, now it's time to start thinking about your future. You know, you know you want to do sports, you know you want to do that, you know, we'll see where that leads. Um, but the next thing is for you to figure out, you know, at least what type of field of work you like, you think you would like to do as an adult, you know. So um, she gave me a summer project. My mother came from an educator. My grandmother was a principal in um, St. Louis, Missouri, um, and she was a professor and all that. So the educational thing and giving projects when there's no business giving projects is something that my parents and my grandmother love to do. Anyway, so she gave me a project of um, searching different fields and taking a personality test when I was just a sophomore, uh, going into my sophomore year in high school to understand, you know, what things I like to do, what's in my personality trait, and from those traits, what are good jobs that 
correlate with that, you know, with my core values and all that. Um, and it's from there that I learned about physical therapy. I learned about being a psychologist. I learned about um, working in a non nonprofit that was always on my list. Um, and she had me take that personality uh, career test every summer to see if it changed or see if my, you know, my values changed. Um, but from there, every summer I had to research at least like three different jobs that I thought would be interesting to major in. Um, you know, three, three different jobs and what I would need to major in to achieve those roles um, as an adult. And then that's when I started looking into okay, at the time, I thought I wanted to be some some form of therapist because I like to talk to people. I like to um, help people give back. Um, and so that's when I knew that something in the health field or something in that area, um, something in the form of giving back is one thing that um, I was very interested in. And I held on to that all the way through um, high school, which then led me to see, okay, what different type of programs and all that uh, were out there. And so at the time, I went to Indiana State wanting to still major in applied health sciences but be a pre-physical therapy uh, major. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that I did. Throughout that time, realized how hard organic chemistry was. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Which is extremely, right. extremely hard, for me at least. Um, anyway, um, and that's <laughs> right. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but from there, I learned more about just the um, just the importance of being in the health field and being in a nonprofit field. And that's when I got to tran- uh, transfer my major to health administration and learned about grant writing, learned about, you know, statistics and the unethical practices or the ethical practices and not just the health administration field, you know, but just also in nonprofits in general and what's important and what's not. So that's kind of how I got on that role. I kind of forgot your question. I just went on this whole rant, but wow, hopefully yeah, that answered your question. <laughs> yeah. So Deja, being from South Bend, local product of the area and now working at Notre Dame, what was your first memory or experience of Notre Dame? Um, so my first experience at Notre Dame, I know it definitely started when I was a child because, again, I come from parents that were very educational, right? So um, being a part of those educational programs as a youth um, in the community, I remember coming to, coming to South Bend for that. But my first, like, memorable, memorable memory um, at Notre Dame was actually when I was running at Indiana State. Oh. And Notre Dame, they host a Mayo Invitational, which is an indoor meet invitational. It's a two to three day, um, I can't remember how many days, but two to three day track meet mm-hmm. um, in, in Notre Dame's um, indoor facility. And I remember running these 60 meter hurdles with all these top you know, wow. runners and hitting one of my best personal best records um, and finishing in a really good top place. So that was a really memorable awesome. uh, moment for me because I got to run at that level, um, but also hitting my personal best at home in a stadium that I've always wanted to run in was mm. something that was very memorable for me. So that was That's when I was great. in college. I have yeah. so much respect for hurdle runners. Oh, me too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just uh, at an onboarding meeting right now with Javante. Uh, he started back in September, I want to say, and he was a Division One hurdler for University of North Carolina. Oh, wow. And he also tried out for the Olympics as well. Nice. He ran the 400 high hurdles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Brutal. Shout out to Javante. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's a very brutal race. Yes. Very brutal race. <laughs> very. Uh, well, so tell us a little bit about your career journey and what brought you to your current role. Yeah, so, you know, as I stated, I graduated um, college, um, 
with a BS in Health Administration. I came home and um, I first started working at Oakland. I was a skills trainer uh, for Oakland, so working with students um, that didn't exactly know how to control their emotions, right? Um, so that was my first taste of actually giving back, right? So from there, and understanding that children actually have very high needs and that, that they need a little bit of extra help. You know, it might not be a therapist. It might not be, you know, it could, it could be someone as simple as helping them manage and uh, perfect their emotional skills, right? Um, so that's what, I, that's what I did there. Then I said, okay, I want to, you know, dive more into the community. So I started working for Beacon Health Systems as mm-hmm. a community health coordinator under Kimberly Green-Reeves, who is a phenomenal executive director over there um, for Beacon Community Impact, which is their own departments um, solely focused on giving back to the community. So um, in that work, I connected with kids more and actually partnered with a lot of local nonprofits because Beacon actually gives out local um, government funds to nonprofits. So we have to partner with them all throughout the year to do different things. And we worked with them as advisors and different things like that. So from there is where I truly found my love for giving back and working in the nonprofit sector and just how beneficial that, that type of work is and how rewarding it is. So with that role, I planned different events and also started um, programs for high school students, middle school students, and even some in elementary school. And I'm not sure if you all remember, um, sometimes you're in health class and your health teacher says, okay, we're going to have a guest speaker come in and talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, X, Y, Z. So that was another part of our work, too. We would be in the schools and partner with South Bend Community Schools, Penn Harris Schools, and go into the health classes and talk to students about suicide prevention or suicide awareness or... um, um, STD prevention, so or mental health, just having those different different um, conversations or drug abuse and what that looks like. We even started having a, a conversation around opioids and even um, vaping. So having mm-hmm. different programs and building programs around that to make students aware of how they should treat their bodies and what what the importance behind that is. Um, and then from there, that's when I went to the South Bend Empowerment Zone, which is a organization that was ordained by the state in partnership with South Bend Community School Corporation to help five uh, failing schools on the west side of South Bend and help improve their grade and also improve the culture there. So I was a student culture coordinator over there, still having conversations and partnerships with local communities to try to bring those programs to um, the schools and have them inside the schools, not only to help remove barriers for students, but also remove barriers for families and their, fam- their families as well and, and parents because we fully understand that. We, we all should know that if a student comes to school thinking about less, having less stress, then they'll be able to focus on learning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really there when I was at the Empowerment Zone where I, I realized the importance of donorship and wanting to figure out, okay, how can I be a better advocate for not only just the community, but for nonprofit organizations that also need support, right? Sure, sure. So that's when I kind of looked into the, I looked into the importance of fundraising and why that's important and how I believe for me to progress in my, in my um, personal goals. I want to learn more about fundraising. Um, and then that's where I met Katie Kirby and Brandon Tabor and was introduced to their department, the annual giving department. It's currently where I'm at. Um, as James said, I'm one of the assistant directors of annual giving programs where I do exactly that. I learn a lot about fundraising and we try to advocate for um, having engaging um, conversations and having engaging events with donors or even recruiting individuals, nerding family, friends, and alumni, and 
educating them on why they should get back to Notre Dame and helping them see the different areas of opportunity where they can give, which we all know in development, that's, that's the goal, right? So mm-hmm. that's what I'm currently doing now. So that's my, wow. that's my journey so yeah, far. Yeah, that's a great, beautiful journey. You, Thank you. You mentioned uh, Kimberly Green, Reeves Green, Green Reeves. Kimberly Green Reeves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Reeves. ironically, just two weeks ago, I met her oh, yeah. in this building upstairs on the oh, third floor. Fun. We're both on the Community Foundation Board. And yes. I was mm-hmm. able to sit around the table with her and, mm-hmm. and meet her. Very, very nice and influential member of the community. Yes, no she's a powerful advocate for the community. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So you just shared a little bit, Deja, about what you do uh, on the annual giving team. Can you share a little bit about what your typical day may look like? Yeah, so what I love about my role now is that I'm, I'm learning so much. Uh, number one, I want to shout out the amazing annual giving team mm-hmm. um, under Brandon Tabor. It's a very cultural team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ha- it has amazing culture. Everyone there is so great, so genuine. Um, and we just love crushing goals. That's yeah. what we love to do. We love to crush goals. We love to do it together. We love to support each other in doing that. And we truly take time to celebrate each other when we do achieve certain goals. A day in um, annual giving is very different um, depending on what your role is. For me in particular, there's a lot of writing in terms of writing briefs and um, trying to and ideating uh, different ideas around, okay, what are the different campaigns that we can implement that uh, we believe our donors or alumni, families, and friends will be interested in um, and helping them understand the different areas of opportunity that they can give back um, to Notre Dame. So for me, that could be having um, meetings with either my supervisor, Katie Kirby, who was amazing, um, ideating great ideas. It's there's a lot that goes into that as well because you also have to just take time to understand what season you're in as well. Like, okay, where are some good things that we can talk about right now? And we're always also pushing ourselves to think differently and come up with new ideas as well. Mm-hmm. There are some campaigns that we do seasonally and annually um, because we know that they work, right? And we know that our commu- our, um, our alumni, families, and friends respond to them. Um, but we're also pushing ourselves to say, what are some other campaigns that we're, we can do that are different? We're, th- we're thinking about doing a virtual race campaign um, in the spring where we can encourage alumni, families, and friends to run a virtual race. Uh, and the proceeds for that will go to a certain fund or will be unrestricted funds um, for the university. So um, a lot of planning in terms of or brains having brainstorm sessions i would say um depending on what the day is because i said there were you know hybrid as well so we also have like our we we call it our keep our head down work days where we have you know just that time for us to write those briefs or have those conversations and then when we are in the office we spend a lot of time really just turning our chairs around and saying hey you know what do you think about this or hey Mm -hmm. would you be interested in being a part of this campaign Mm -hmm. um you know so so that's that's really what it is is a lot of meetings i would say but a lot of them are brainstorm meetings i would say well, so you you touched on it in your answer about how the team works together, but I guess can you talk a little bit more about um, that culture component that you said and mm-hmm. and sort of how it, it, I think from the outside, right? We know annual giving is this great fun team, but how does that actually um, happen? Yeah, um, that's a really great question. So I think the one thing the annual giving team does great, and um, this is a huge shout out to Brandon Tabor. Um, the leadership team, so Pablo Martinez, Lauren Dolzen, Katie Kirby, um, 
they are really big on so sometimes we have we have big meetings like all team meetings like we have scrum time we have our stirred time we have team time we also have like the scrum award that we all pass around weekly mm-hmm. and it's a time where we recognize a, um, a colleague that we believe did great in the, in the past week or past month or whatever and so that's an acknowledgement time um, one thing that they always that they always do that I think is really really cool is no matter where someone is we have um, lags that travel right so we always make sure that we include them in a zoom meeting too and we pass around the laptop and make sure they feel included so some, I, I think that they uh, they really take fine attention to the inclusion piece making sure everyone feels included as small as having someone on zoom and passing around the laptop or make sure it's facing the right person you know just making sure they feel included we have team time where we just talk about team updates uh we again take time to go around and share uh the the things are important to us the things we believe everyone should know so everyone's on the same page at all times so everyone knows what's coming up or what just passed um and it's also another time to highlight someone someone might say you know i want to recognize um, James Riley because James Riley just worked really hard last week and I, I noticed you and I seen you you know we have those type of conversations um, and then also during team time it's Brandon um, if you know Brandon he is he is so I like to say he's enthusiastic like his personality is just so so strong and so fun and so animated and I, I really adore working for him um, one thing that he <laughs> started uh which we absolutely love on our team is talks with Tabor where uh, at the very end of our meeting at the very end of our meeting where our team time meeting where we sometimes present on the different things that we have going on um we talk about the updates we talk about business right um we then take time to Brandon had us put our names in a little baseball hat and Mm -hmm. he pulls out a name once a once a week and it's a talk with Tabor where you go up there, you talk about, have conversations like this, where someone is from, what's their best time at Notre Dame, a fact that we don't know about you. And it's a time for all of us to get to know each other better. Um, and that's nice. an amazing that's an amazing time, too. And, again, it's during our regular meeting. Not long, probably like a good 15 minutes, but it's a great way to wrap up our team time. That's so th- those are a few examples of how I believe they keep the culture positive and consistent every single day. Talk to a Tabor, huh? Or uh, talk talks to Tabor. with Tabor, I believe that's what Talks it's with Tabor, okay. Don't quote me, though. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit that out and put the actual name. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Talks with Tabor, though. Shout out to BT. So, Deja, what is your favorite part of your role? I've seen you in a couple of your events, and you are buzzing around and doing everything <laughs> and making things happen. What's the favorite part of your role so far? I think the, I think the favorite part of my role, um, number one, is just the amount of... Um, the level of learning that I'm gaining from this experience, um, you know, fundraising is a new thing for me. All the terminology, you know, the understanding the seasons around it. Um, that's one thing that I truly enjoy learning because I'm, I'm huge on learning. So I'm a big learner. So I really take those opportunities and I'm a huge sponge when it comes to that. I truly enjoy the planning stage of planning a campaign. It doesn't necessarily have to be an event because, you know, I don't plan that many events, just like Friday Night Bash. And I know I'll have a, a, a big hand in their Dame Day, which is approaching um, next spring. However, I truly do enjoy... Um, planning all the events so writing the briefs having those tough conversations getting really granular and understanding okay who's going to be our target audience why are they going to be our target audience how does this work and how does this correlate with other campaigns that are going out at the same time or close to it and then 
are we going to have a swag offer? Are we going to have an event? What does that piece look like? And um, another part that I really do enjoy is uh, the debrief that we have afterwards as well, like understanding what worked, what didn't work, um, and how we can do better next time. I think that's one thing that our team does really well as well. So I would say um, that's probably the best thing. And, of course, planning events is so dear to my heart. That's Mm -hmm. what I love to do. So that would also be a plus as well, you know, having – creating opportunities where it's for a good cause because whatever whether we're playing for whatever we're planning for example Friday Night Bash is an event that we open to the public um, as well as ticket holders and donors everyone's invited proceeds a portion of the proceeds go to the Rockneck Athletics Fund mm-hmm. specifically for Friday Night Bash so being able to plan a good time and seeing the ticket holders and everyone that attends have a good time is definitely a fulfilling moment for me and also knowing that we're doing it for a good cause so I would say those are probably my top three. Congratulations. Things I love to do. Thank uh, you. By the way, I think you've had maybe two Friday night bashes or have yes. three? Yeah. Yes, we had two back to back. Back to back, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Please don't congratulate me. Congratulate our team uh, because they worked so hard. I mean, it was all fully staffed by them, and um, I couldn't have really pulled it off. Um, none of us could without, without them. Mm. Um, it was a definitely a team effort. Sure. So it was awesome. Yes. Congrats, and, team. It was great to celebrate that as well. The mm-hmm. culture was there as well, you know, just ringing around at the very end of the event when everyone's gone and yeah. celebrating each other, celebrating the win. Again, just re- the reassurance that the reassuring spirit um, on our team is, is really effective. And so that's one, one, one great thing, and that's why I love working and working as well. Nice. Well, so on the flip side of James's question, what do you find most challenging about your role and sort of how do you address that? One of the most challenging things I find about my role is, although I love it, as I guess it's, it's kind of one of the best things as well, but um, the learning aspect, it's, it's still something that I, I'm still learning a lot. Um, and there are some things that you just won't learn until you go through them, you know. We learned this terminology from Jim Small, you know, who was our AVP, is the do-learn-do strategy of just, you know, you learn it best by just doing it, learning, you know, your mistakes, learning how you can do better, and then doing it again. Um, so being able to be vulnerable in that and sit in that is one thing that's been a challenge for me and one thing that I plan to continue to attack um, every day uh, because I'm someone that is more so a learn-do-learn, learn, you know, and we talk about that. We talk about the difference between that and we we talk about just the hesitancies of that but however being in an environment where they expect you to do learn do is definitely very rewarding but also can be a mental challenge as well so I would think um, just facing that every day is probably one of the challenges and also being confident in leading different meetings especially me knowing that I don't have much experience of fundraising and still having a team that fully supports me and is is okay with me do learn doing you know <laughs> that's not a not correct but I'm gonna say it anyway um <laughs> I would say that's that's one thing. So I would really just say, overall, um, that really all fall, uh, falls under the umbrella of just being uncomfortable and sitting mm. in that, even though you know that you're pushing yourself to be the best um, person you can be, the best colleague you can be, um, and being the best lead you can be for your campaigns. Um, but still being vulnerable in those moments is one thing that I think is uh, one of the hardest things, but still mm-hmm. working on. 
sounds like a few lessons that you've learned there so far in your time. I think you started in February of this year, 2022. Yes. Yes. February 14th, so it'll be oh, seven months exactly. Valentine's Friday. Day. That's right. That was the cooking, the cookie, <laughs> the uh, cookie decorating. decorating day. Yeah, that's where I first met you in the oh, cafe there. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And the 14th yeah. is my birthday too, so that's kind of like ironic. So the, the 14th of. Uh, October. October. Yeah, oh, this, this Friday. Friday. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Any yeah. other big lessons you've learned so far with your time here? I know you shared a, some great nuggets there. Yeah. Um, hmm, big lessons. Um, one of the big, biggest lessons I would say is kind of correlating with what I just shared, but um, just being fearless and going for it. You know, hmm. being fearless and going for those big ideas, being fearless and going for, you know, Whatever you believe will help progress your role and what you're responsible for, being fearless and going for is probably the biggest lesson that I've learned. And I've learned that solely just from the encouragement of from Jim Small, from Brandon Tabor, from Katie Kirby, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've enjoyed learning. What's one upcoming project you're particularly excited about? Oh, that's a good question. Um, we're currently... Um, so. As you both know, probably as a lot of people know, um, Golden Golden is Thy Fame is in mm-hmm. celebration of you know the 50 years um, that we've had on the female undergraduate students at Notre Dame, um, and we're celebrating that all year, right? I mean, we've done a lot of events around that. I would say kudos to you and the team around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of been tapping into that a little bit as well. And one campaign that we've started is the Then and Now Notre Dame Women's History Campaign, uh, where we are taking historical facts or even trying to tap into alumni um, that are female, and we are sharing their story. Um, and we are sending out an email once a month um, all through December and to just female alumni, undergraduate and graduate alumni, and um, sharing the story. So our first email uh, dropped in September, and we talked a lot about um, Mother Angela and the correlation between Mother Angela and Notre Dame, and also sharing that's why um, Angela Boulevard is named what it, what it is, the road is, um, and then also tying that to a student, a current student story as well. Um, and sharing that email with all female undergraduate and graduate alumni, we were pleased to see such a pretty engaging response from female alumni uh, stating that they were interested in sharing their story as well. Um, so we've been meeting with a few of uh, female alumni that are interested in sharing their story and gathering their story and seeing how we can continue the campaign up until December to share their story and tie it to a, another current student that kind of relates to them as well, whether they meet through their majors or you know their ethnicity or uh, what dorm they stayed in the residence hall or et cetera. So that's probably been um, the biggest thing I've been excited about currently that I'm working on. Awesome. Yep, and it's called the uh, Then and Now Notre Dame Women's History Campaign. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Deja, what keeps you motivated and passionate about your work? Um, what keeps me motivated and passionate about my work? Really, honestly, I don't really have to keep myself motivated um, <laughs> because my team does a great job in doing that. You know, mm. you probably hear me reiterate that a lot. Um, that my team is just so supportive and the culture there is so great um, that although, of course, I have my own motivations and I, I love doing well, I love being rewarded well, and I love just um, being you know, having words of affirmation saying, you know, we appreciate you and, you know, great job. Everyone wants to do a great job, right? But I will say that 
a lot of that in previous roles that I've had, I have not had to find inner motivation as much because I find that all around me. And I think that that really says a lot. You know, I really think that's really important. Um, so I would say nothing motivates me more currently right now than my team. Well, many of us know, in addition to your work here, you're also an extremely talented musician. You helped us out at the Hesburgh Women of Impact oh. retreat, you and James, which yeah. I'm still so grateful for. Thank it you, guys. Was a great time. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really great time. Um, but can you tell us a little about that aspect of your life and also what it was like to record an album? And we're getting a little uh, snippet here from James. That's right. Yeah, this is Make It by yeah. Deja Moore. Thank you. Yeah, um, so... First of all, I want to thank um, everyone that has asked me to participate in an event or whatever it may be and showcasing, you know, my vocal ability. Those opportunities are amazing. And, you know, I've always wanted to work for an organization of some some sort that where I could fully be myself. And I truly believe that I can be that here at the university. And it's been such a blast, you know, just to be able to be myself and share not only my, pers- my uh, work goals, but my personal goals as well. To answer your question, you know, Writing, this is uh, actually my second project that I've got to write and record. This is my first official album that I've been able to to do. My first one was an EP, which is basically a a shortened album. But that experience is is like no other. You know, being able to work with a tremendous... local celebrity here, I would say. Her name is Mickey Miller. Um, she actually just did a show at the DeBartolo as well mm-hmm. in partnership with A-Gamer Solutions um, this past, I believe it was August uh, mm-hmm. that happened. I was able to sing back up for her, but she's been such an advocate for me. She just refurnished her her studio on the west side of South Bend and just being able to work with her and her new studio was really just the the experience that I, I didn't know I needed, right? Um, mm. And so when you're writing an album and producing an album, it's really, you don't realize how much you're putting, how much of yourself you're putting in, into it until it's really over and you're like, oh wow, like, you know, this song was literally nothing. You know, it just started with me saying, hey, Mick, I hear this, I hear this, you know, melody and I, I don't know where it's going to go, but I think it could be something, you know? Wow. And then from that, seeing where it is now it's just really really cool and you know I always give all all of the production um I always give her all the kudos on the production, but she actually, she looks at me sometimes. She's like, you know, you actually produced that too because all I was doing was playing mm. on the piano, but you were singing to me what you heard, you know. So just um, being able to understand, like, okay, like I have more, more, more than just writing and singing skills. I, I can have some pro- producing skills too, um, even though I don't know how to play the piano. I mean, I can play it enough for me, and that's really it. But mm-hmm. I would never play in public. Um, but just. Uh, Getting that reassurance from her was really rewarding. Um, and then after the album release, just getting the support from my colleagues who I'm with more than I am with my family, it just means so much. Um, and just being able to fully be myself. Um, yes, I'm an artist. Yes, I love to sing. But I'm also a, a really big in my professional life. is really important to me. And my career is really important to me. Um, but just having working for an organization that understands all of me is really amazing. And how long have, like, have you always enjoyed and been into music? Like, was there a particular moment that kind of spurred it, or? Yeah, I've always been into music. Um, I, uh, my parents tell me that, um, so I've been singing since I was, like, four or five, you know, like, whatever, for a very long time. And my parents used to tell me, one thing, one thing that I didn't know that I had was the ability um, to write even as a kid or just noticing 
that, yes, I hear this song, but actually, I don't want that song to go this way. Because I remember my brothers telling me that, you know, my brothers were always 10 years older than me. And so they would drive me around and run errands for my parents with me. And they would play the radio. um, And it would be a song that I have never heard before. But I was singing it, not only like I've heard it before, but like, I don't know the words, so I'm just coming up with my own melodies on top of the song, you know? And they're like, can you please stop singing? That's not how the song <laughs> You know? But I didn't care. I just, I liked where it started, but I wanted to take it somewhere else, yes. you know? So I didn't realize I was doing that at a young age. And that showed me, like, okay, like, I've had this writing or producing thing longer than I thought I did, you sure. know. So that was really that was really cool to to understand. But yeah, I've been singing since I was a kid. I started at church, like a typical story, you know, started at church. I grew up in the um, Christian Baptist Church all my life. So uh, I believe I was about like seven years old when my youth choir realized that, choir director realized that I, I, I liked singing and started leading solos. And um, I would always sing His Eyes on the Sparrow when I was 12. My pastor would literally have me go up there every Sunday and sing it. And it was so annoying, but <laughs> it was really, really amazing too because I just, uh, I loved the idea of, my voice being a bridge between a listener and God, you know? So that was one thing that I I truly loved doing. So my roots are very grounded in the church, um, and that's where I started singing. Um, I did show choir in high school my sophomore year. Doc is a very well-known choir teacher here in in the community. I believe he he still teaches, if I'm not not mistaken. But um, anyway, so yeah, that's how long I've been singing. And it's been it's been a great journey. So just just blessed again to be able to do everything that I love to do and work for an organization that fully supports me and mm-hmm. everything that comes with me. So Deja, in addition to all these wonderful musical pursuits and talent that you have, what else do you like to do outside of work? I heard planning. Yeah, <laughs> I planning. do. I do love planning. So I love planning. I do love planning events in my spare time. I work with a company or an LLC called A Gamer Solutions, who is uh, ran by Austin Gamage, who is also someone that works in our department. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a RD in our department, and Austin is. Um, he is called upon in the community by the city or by venues, parks, and arts to uh, put on different events for the community um, and specifically for underrepresented communities as well. Mm. Um, so it was about three years ago where he pulled myself in and a couple of others and told us what um, the city proposed to him, that they want to create a big event on Howard Park or downtown South Bend. <clears throat> on Howard Park property, excuse me, and uh, we came up with the Vibes Music Festival. So ever since then, every year, we've been putting on a Vibes Music Festival for downtown South Bend on Howard Park's property. And it's just a time where we showcase underrepresented local artists and businesses. Um, so that's probably the biggest event that I plan. And I want to get into planning on a few other events personally for myself as, as well. I want to get more into, like, um, female empowerment events of, or giving away flowers events, different ideas that I have. Um, but, yeah, so that's one of the biggest things that I get to do in my spare time. In terms of just different hobbies that I love to do, I love to, again, obviously I love to write, so I write a lot. Um, but I'm also a really big foodie. Like, I love food. <laughs> I'm always eating out Nothing wrong with that. so bad <laughs> but um so i'd love to try different foods in the local areas i love seeing when new restaurants pop up uh, like i can tell you all about the restaurants that are here downtown because that's where we are right now 
I, I just love food. So, yeah, so that's what I love to do, too. I love to go to restaurants. You should have done it at a rest, this recording at a restaurant. Oh, we can, yeah. Well, no, because wow. I would have been eating. <laughs> Forks wild. and knives. And yeah, <laughs> forks and knives and smacking. So we don't want that. <laughs> well, Deja, what are your parting words of wisdom to our listeners? My parting words of wisdom, and it's kind of also a message that I had in my album, um, was to just do whatever um, it is that you have your heart set on to do. Um, I, I believe that sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, um, our generation, and just us in general, especially when we're really focused on our career. But one thing that I really think that we are too hard on ourselves on is we believe that there's this time clock that's just ticking. You know, we believe that there's some type of biological alarm that's going to go off, you know, but I truly believe that there's anything that you want to do, um, even if you feel like you're not necessarily in that avenue or have the resources to do it, never stop trying to pursue whatever it is, whether it's an idea that you have, whether it's a career choice, um, whatever it is, just never be afraid to do that, and I think that that's one, that's one life that I'm trying to live, one way I'm trying to live my life and be a... Um, a replica of that um, and I hope that I am doing that and I know that's one thing I'm pushing myself to do so I know that that's one message that I'm always just trying to help others hear and see as well is pursue whatever it is you want to pursue you're not too old you're not too young you're you're in you're exactly where you're supposed to be you know you don't have to be in a specific field to do what your heart is set out to do you can do it even if you're in a different field you know so just never never give up on yourself great advice Wonderful advice. Well, Deja, our time has flown by together, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to maybe prep your your out al- your album release, Dear Weekend. I'll play a little bit here. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So my name is Deja Moore. Um, I just released an album early August. It's called Dear Weekend. It's in celebration of you know us working so hard as career as career individuals and um, having a long week, just being able to have some self-care and relax. So it's called Dear Weekend, and I hope you guys can enjoy a little bit of this track and also take some time out and listen to it um, while you're working, while you're with your children, with your family, with your spouse. Everyone deserves to have a good time. So this nice. is my love letter to the weekend, and that's why I called it Dear Weekend. That is outstanding. Well, it's available on Spotify and Apple Music and any platform, I imagine. Yep, any platform. (laughs) All streaming services. That's right. (laughs) Well, we have a quick take five for you before we go. Are you ready for this? Do I have to answer it quickly? Yes. Well, you're supposed to. Some guests have (laughs) taken it a little. Yeah, yeah, I'll try my best. (laughs) All right. Okay. Favorite seasonal flavor? Uh, This might not count, but uh, salted caramel. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Most challenging song you performed. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I have one. I don't think no. I have one. Okay. Okay. Do you have a favorite song one. to perform? Ooh, probably, um, I love Tennessee Whiskey. I love Don't Stop mm. Believing. I love um, Best Part by Her. Those are probably my top three. Nice. Uh, Go to Comfort TV show. Ooh, right now, Iron Chef on Netflix. Oh, okay, foodie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. City you'd love to visit one day? Um, Nairobi. Oh, nice. They have a giraffe manor that I want to Ooh, go to. That would be really cool to see. Yes. All right. This, this is the question I'm very excited to ask you. <laughs> Best local eatery? Ooh. Oh, Cinco Five, right down, right down oh, around yeah. the corner. Nice. <laughs> Two blocks from where we are now. Cinco Five, yes. Going there for lunch. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a... It's a 
different combination, right? Mexican food and Thai food. You it know, you is. don't really get to see that. It's um, phenomenal. Get the, if you like salmon and you like tacos, get the blackened salmon tacos. They Ooh. are to die for. Nice, nice. To die for. Maybe we'll have to do an episode of Kara Single Five. <laughs> and they have the best homemade tortilla chips to me. Oh, very they are flaky, good. very crisp. Perfect. Well, Deja, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, we had such a good time chatting with you today at the St. Joe Coffee Company here at the South Bend, St. Joseph County Public Library. I used to work here when I was a teenager, oh, and it was really? called the South Bend Public Library back in the day. Uh, but we can't, cool. wait to, we can't wait to hear you jam in the future, well, Deja. thank you, and thank you for having me. I, I truly enjoy working for University Relations. I truly enjoy uh, this opportunity, so thank you so much. It's been great. Nice. James, we actually need to play a different song this episode to close us out. Oh, why is that, G? Because Deja's birthday is on Friday. Oh, you yay. know what to do. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> We're not yeah. singers. No. <laughs> no. That is okay. And this isn't a trademarked version of Happy Birthday, so I think we should be good. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yes, happy birthday. Well, folks... Thanks for listening to the Grace of Giving podcast. I'm your host, James Riley. And I'm Grace Prosnowski. And this has been the Grace of Giving. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, stay golden. golden.